0: modern animism radio i'm your host laura giles thank you for tuning in so venus is in retrograde and venus is of course the planet of love beauty and money and lots of people are feeling stress in these areas especially with the coronavirus happening if you have a good relationship with your lover archetype you can sail right through and we're going to explore that in a minute but first let's give gratitude to the elements and ancestors i acknowledge and thank the element of earth for the home, food, foundation, beauty, sensuality, and stability that surround us all, for all things that are uh, Venus in Venus's uh, wheelhouse. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for the clear communication that can help us increase understanding between people, especially during the time of corona when there's so much misunderstanding. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire for burning away things that no longer serve us. I Acknowledge the element of water and thank you for helping us to flow with what comes and for sustaining all life on planet Earth. I Acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms. And I thank you all for the help that we receive that is both seen and unseen. And, of course, I send gratitude and thanks for everyone who is listening today. And if any of our content inspires you, please consider donating to the program. And you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com backslash PAN Society. If money is an issue and you want to show some gratitude or give us a high five, you can also help by liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on social media. It's such an easy thing to do, but it helps our ranking so we get better placement for more people to see us. So if you benefit, I'll ask is that you return that energy in the form of some sort of support um, to express the uh, spirit of reciprocity. So what the heck is an archetype? Well, at Paint Society, we call ourselves modern animists to show a distinction between aboriginal people who have been animists um, for millennia, and, you know, they live in animist communities. Because we don't have traditions that go way back, and we're carving out a new path that honors the past and the present. And we don't have a rule book like the Bible because you follow nature and sovereignty. But we still need some guidelines. So we look to the elements that are found in everything for guidance and elements are in plants, animals, rocks, the stars, everything. Um, to guide us on human issues, there are the archetypes. So the archetypes are energies that exist in all human cultures throughout time. And we have different names for them because of different languages. Um, but the idea of mother is the same in all cultures. So it's hero or warrior, healer, and lover. So if you're looking for a guide to get you through life, find the archetype that has the energy that you need and let it teach you. And don't look at people because so many of the archetypes are in shadow in mainstream society. The lover is not an exception, actually. Uh, It makes sense. If an idea becomes corrupt and that's how it shows up, that's what the younger generations will learn. And the biggest influence of any archetype being in shadow is fear, and love is always the way out. So you see how important the lover archetype is. You know, love is the way out. If your lover is strong and healthy, You can do anything. Don't get me wrong. We all need all the archetypes, but love is such a powerful force, and it's within us all. It's instinctual to love your mother to create a bond that allows you to survive. If babies don't bond with their mother, the mother might just wander off and leave them exposed so they can die, or the baby might not crawl, you know, close to her to stay warm and get food. When these behaviors happen and mom responds with warmth and care, the child learns that he's important. He belongs, he's safe, and he'll be cared for. This creates a secure attachment, and that's a psychological term. So a person who has secure attachment has low anxiety and is comfortable with intimacy, doesn't avoid people, and isn't worried about rejection, abandonment, or having someone rely on them. They're sensitive and warm, responsive, and just overall healthy. And when a person isn't reared with stability, calm, caring parents, um, that can look like having... You know, a set routine, not getting comforted when things go wrong, not having food regularly, being emotionally, verbally, physically, or sexually abused, or just being ignored. Um, that all can result in unhealthy attachment. The avoidant attachment is just like it sounds. This person avoids getting close to others. They don't tend to be anxious, but they don't really like intimacy. And when I say intimacy, I don't just mean physical intimacy, but emotional intimacy, too. Anxious attachment is another way that this can show up. This is when the person doesn't really avoid other people, but they do have a high level of anxiety. They tend to be clingy, and this can push others away. They also have a high um, fear of abandonment. So you can see that the boundaries are not fabulous here. The last one is anxious and avoidant. So these people are not comfortable with intimacy, are deeply insecure, and can't trust people. So you can see how we experience love in our early years is super important because it sets the tone for the rest of our lives. In fact, the lover archetype is one of the earliest ones to surface, and it starts to show up in little things like how a child acts when mom leaves a room, how a baby responds when different people pick him up. Does he share? How does he share space? How thoughtful is he? How self-aware is he? How other-aware is he? These kinds of things indicate how we love. Is our love for ourselves, others, nobody? Do we look for it within or without? So you can see this type of thing in little things and big things. As you know, we host a lot of community gatherings, and I know this guy who would come, everybody's welcome, um, and he would bring like a raisin. Now I'm exaggerating for effect, but you know that he wasn't thinking of anybody else when he packed that raisin. (laughs) He would accept other people's food, And he'd always offer his own, but when there isn't enough to share, you know, would you like a peanut? People are going to say no, right? (laughs) Which is, I think, what the uh, hoped-for outcome was. And these people are like the Grinch. They don't have a lot of love inside, so there isn't anything to give away. And that's a shadow lover. Um, Love is something that increases as we give it away. So hoarding isn't particularly useful. Hoarding love doesn't create more love. You've got to give it away. So providing only for yourself may keep you from starving, but it's lonely. You know we got sovereignty and connection, and that connection piece comes from giving it away, relating. And life's not all that fulfilling when you hold your love. So the healthy lover has secure attachment, and which makes sense, right? Um, the healthy lover is not just about love making. Well, I take that back. It is about love making, but not person to person, but with how one lives this whole life. When you live Uh, life as an expression of making love with life, you're a fabulous lover. You're sensual. You enjoy music, art, beauty, food, people, animals, nature, or whatever it is that you're into. You have a zest for life, relationships, and anything that you're doing. Basically, you're juicy, and you share that juice with others. You're alive, and you feel your feelings, but without getting lost in them or overwhelmed by them. So you're not a sissy or a crybaby, You're sensual, appreciative, and show gratitude easily, which is also like Venus energy. To use this to tap into your spirituality, it enhances your spirituality because you're just more in tune because you pay attention. You have good social intelligence, and you can pick up on subtle cues. That's something that is severely lacking in a lot of people today, I think because it's Internet. You know, we don't look at people in the face anymore. Um, The healthy lover is passionate about something. Maybe he's a bookworm or a researcher. He doesn't have to be a hedonist, but if he likes knowledge or data, he's very passionate about that. They say Einstein was passionate, so the lover doesn't have to be a Casanova or a sex addict. Actually, the sex addict is a shadow, and I'll talk about that in a moment, so it's definitely not about sex. However, when it comes to sex, the lover is uninhibited, free, giving, present, and passionate there, too. They tend to be lighthearted, fun, and friendly and get along with people that others can find difficult because the lover most easily sees the light inside everyone. Uh, the beast from Beauty and the Beast is, is not a perfect example of the healthy lover, but he's close. Uh, he actually starts out as a shadow lover. So he was this selfish um, prince who was cursed um, by being turned into a beast. And he has to win the love of someone before his 21st birthday to kind of transform the curse. Um and that real love will transform him into a lover. So he saves Belle from the wolf. He eats, talks, and dances with her. And over time, they develop a love for each other. He ends up sacrificing himself for her. So the love ends up giving him a life worth having and costing him his life. I'll tell you what happens next in case you want to watch it and you haven't seen it yet. But it's a decent example of the transformative powers of love. So there's two shadows. One is where the energy is too much, the other is when the energy is too little. So let's start about looking at what it looks like when it's too little. So the avoidant, anxious, avoidant attachment styles are an example of when love isn't flowing well because it's all boxed up or hoarded. So this person doesn't feel any joy, they're pessimistic, they don't have any aliveness within them, maybe depressed. Um, They don't have a healthy sex drive as it's not important. Uh, This is really an important piece of the lover because sex is a creative force. It allows life to continue. Not only that, but it allows life to continue with passion, meaning, hope, and connection. It's like the difference between eating a farm-raised chicken and a factory chicken. One has a juicy life force and the other one doesn't. So you can move through life with gusto and purpose or trudge through like it's your job. And some ways that this can happen is from being reared without healthy examples of love. So if you were abused, you might feel that love is painful and withhold it so that you don't get hurt. Uh, If you had a really bad romantic breakup, this could tarnish your heart too and put it in a deep freeze. Trauma can create it. If you don't want to feel the pain of the hurt, you just shut down. And it doesn't just shut down all the things that you don't want to feel. It shuts down everything. So life can become really flat and dull. Someone who loses their lover to death and vows never to love again because they're lost in grief is a shadow lover. They may think that it shows that their love was deep and true, but it's really an example of turning their back on life. And this could happen with the death of a child as well or a job. Um, When someone goes postal and vows revenge and wants to shoot up the joint as they go out, this could be an example of a shadow lover. Revenge is a really destructive force, and it is a love killer. The shadow that is extra like too much overabundance of love, can look like the love addict. So this person chases fun and adventure. He can be gluttonous, over the top, or someone who changes their appearance to suit whoever they are with. They become the other person. They could become the other person and lose themselves. For example, if their friends like skiing, they like skiing. If their lover likes opera, they like opera. And despite all this chasing, they're never satisfied. There's always something out there that can be better or more, and they don't want to miss out. They have this ideal in their mind that reality never lives up to, and it can't, really, can it? Because nobody's happy all the time. Nobody is healthy, pretty, wonderful, or anything all the time. Life cycles. But the extra lover can't tolerate things being mundane. He needs them to be extra, dramatic, big, bold. So this guy might have had lots of experiences, like maybe he's a world traveler or had tens with beautiful women, but he doesn't feel fulfilled. He's a collector of things, people, ideas, but they don't ever turn into something solid or meaningful. He's a bit directionless, really, and unstable because of all the chasing. You know, he has no roots. Or he could be obsessed with things that he loves. He could be a gambler, sex addict, alcoholic, something like that. That type of person loves the high, the chase. So clearly too much of anything is not a good thing. Balance is better. And that's been a theme lately, the middle path. So what do you do if you find out that your lover is in shadow, either too much or too little? Um, One thing that anybody can do is practice the art of savoring. Savoring is actually clinically proven to help increase happiness. It's one of the skills of positive psychology. So check this out. For the first 100 years of psychology, researchers looked at what made people depressed, anxious, and those kind of things. So they were looking at the problem. And it literally took a 100 years before somebody finally asked the question, what makes people happy? Isn't that crazy? (laughs) I find that, like, (laughs) mind-blowing. So they found that one of these things is savoring. And savoring is about mindfulness and gratitude, really. You slow things down and be really present. You notice the emotions. The small delights in everything, like the rustle of the wind, the sound of the waves on the shore, the way the first ice cream of the season tastes, the crackle of a fire against the night sky. Well it doesn't even have to be that. It could be something like mundane. So let's see. Um, so as I sit here, what what can I see now? So in in that little pause, a memory popped up of something bittersweet and I let it touch my heart. So let's let's see what else I can notice. It can be little things like enjoying your coffee instead of gulping it down without tasting it. How many people do that? Or having a conversation where you feel really present. So just let your body feel what you feel. Let yourself feel grateful for it. That's savoring. Even if it's something that, that's unpleasant, let yourself feel grateful for it. You have the senses to, to have that experience. That's really all there is to it. We favor things that are sensual, things that we can see, hear, taste, touch, smell. And that brings the lover alive. So maybe you talk about all these positive things to bring them into the present moment. You could sing it, dance it, write poetry about it. However you express love, just let it out. You know, not all poetry is, is happy. There's lots of really ugly things said in a beautiful way that show the lover. Um, I love Charles Bukowski's poetry. He's a great example of that. He talks about really, really ugly things in a beautiful way. That's savoring. You have to savor to get those, that beauty out of an ugly moment. Now, let's revisit this Venus in retrograde for a moment. So right now, Venus is moving backwards in the sky. She's shining a light on all the ways that your lover is not doing well with relationships, money beauty your body your sensuality and things like that so it's a chance to do a reset it's time to let things fall apart so that they can be put back together again in a healthy way so use it work with it that's what these cycles are all about that's what i'm talking about when i say that modern animism is about living within the wheel of life some things have big energy the planet's a big energy you're not going to have your way with venus She's going to jerk you around like a rag doll, so let it lead. It's going to be less painful that way. If she's showing you how your lover is in shadow, favor, loosen up, enjoy, or tighten up and get some boundaries and and discipline if you're over the top. It's about walking that middle path. i am seeing a lot of people right now in my practice who are feeling kind of anxious. Sometimes if your shadow comes from abuse, neglect, or trauma, you might need to learn some skills. It's not enough to savor because your nervous system is on overdrive. It can't calm itself down. So sometimes spiritual problems have a practical solution like counseling or diet or creating a social network of like-minded people. Sometimes you have to go back to the source to heal it, and that can mean your family. Or maybe create new healthy families so that you have some people you can belong to. Or maybe connect with your ancestors or different family. We all need to belong somewhere. Healthy touch is another one that's really important to the development of a healthy lover. Western society is really weird. Well, let me say American society because I don't really see this in Western Europe, but we have a strange relationship with sex and nudity. We're a bit prudish in public and kind of freaky and extra in private. You know, the sale of porn, toys, fetish stuff, and what do you call it, um, polyclubs? It's really popular, so nothing wrong with consensual anything, but when it's in shadow, it's hurtful. You know we have issues with the lover. The healthy lover is important to have any other archetypes in healthy space because it feeds them all. So it's vital that we work on this within ourselves. And now is a really great time because you got that Venus happening now, you know. Coronas make it even more important because there's a risk that we might either push each other away due to fear or social distancing or just go buck wild in the other direction. So keep this in mind as things begin to open up. Let Venus in retrograde show you what we need to work on. Be mindful, pay attention, and be kind to yourself. If you realize you've been a selfish beast, be non-judgmental and just fix it. It's all good. It's simple. Or it can be. If you have one of the not-so-healthy archetype styles, you're probably going to need some therapy or coaching to get beyond that because those come from childhood. The yearning to love and be loved is instinctual. But we need, um, well, how we define that is, and, and how we show love is cultural. So if you learn that love is painful, abusive, that it's about sex, or that it's a duty to provide, or it's giving someone everything that you've got, that's probably how it's going to show up in you. So let the shadows teach you. If you withhold love, create some strategies to open up and let love flow. If you chase love or crave it, Learn how to bring in some earth energy to ground and contain it. Use some air energy to discern whether or not the object of your affection is someone who can meet your emotional needs and share your values. Take an honest look if you're seeing this person accurately or seeing them with rose-colored glasses. Use your fire energy to show what you're feeling. I often talk to people who say they feel very deeply, but it doesn't show on the outside. Use that water energy to go deep and explore what is true for you. This can help you to heal and express a more truthful version of yourself and your feelings or more um, a version that other people can see. So one that's congruent with the inside and the outside. And if you don't know how to show love, uh, Gary Chapman identified the five ways that we all do it. And they are acts of service, gifts, quality time, touch, and words of affirmation to be sovereign. Do it in a way that's authentic to you. Also remember connection. Do it in a way that is comfortable for them. If they don't want your affection, you have to respect that boundary. And don't go overboard. That can feel smothering, and that's a shadow lover. So if you look back and see where you have withheld love, make amends if it's appropriate. Forgive yourself. Learn something about yourself and grow from it. All of the things we share at Pan Society are about helping you to be a better, more true version of yourself and helping you to connect with the world around you. When we all do that, we move towards oneness and harmony. If you find yourself in a place where it's hard to let love flow because someone was not nice to you, maybe your mom was abusive, you experienced unrequited love, someone died or someone cheated on you, there's always two things that you can do that will help you open up again, and those are gratitude and forgiveness. I think it's easier to do it in that order. So gratitude for the experience and perhaps the lessons that it taught you. That's what I'm talking about. So for example, when I was 13, I had the worst crush on Tony Maciosi. <laughs> he was a hot guy in school, and all the girls were after him. You know, there's always that guy, right? <laughs> so he chose someone who I thought was, had far less offer than I did, and I, I couldn't understand it. I was just crushed. I kept beating myself up over that. So what do I have to be grateful for about that? It sounds pretty horrible and painful, doesn't it? Especially when you're 13. Well, much later, I was grateful for the experience of feeling what it was like to withhold love. That's how I dealt with that. I stopped loving anyone for a long time because my teenage heart was broken. And that didn't do me or anyone else any good. But somebody had to be the heavy. Tony wasn't a bad guy. He was just being sovereign and living his life. And in the process, I had my heart broken. And that's the dance of light and dark. How could I get my heart broken and experience love shadow if I'm in a healthy, loving space all the time? I don't get to grow to the next level if there are no challenges, no disappointments. See, it all works. So once I saw that, I could get in a space of gratitude and then forgiveness um, and the love could flow again. I had the experience to make different mindful choices in the future. And I also want to say that the forgiveness wasn't for Tony because he didn't do anything wrong. The forgiveness was for me for not staying in my light regardless of what Tony was doing. I mean, he's free to like whoever he likes for whatever reason. doesn't have anything to do with me. Tony was making choices for Tony. And it's my job to make choices for me. So my shutting down love was something that I did to myself. Tony didn't do that. Um, see what I'm saying? Always make it about you, not what someone else is doing. That's fire. That's stay in your power. Never give that up. Once you do that, you lose your choices in sovereignty. I mean, you know, it happens. We all go in shadow sometimes. But if you can bring it back around to a place of empowerment, you can find your way out again and bring it back to a space of being neutral. So no grudges, no regrets. That's my motto. Keep the scorecard at zero. I don't know you, you don't know me. We're all zero. So be a good lover everywhere you go. Practice random acts of kindness. That's acts of service. That's one of the love languages. Um, speak, love, speak. That's words of affirmation. Give. That's gifts. Be present. That's quality time. I uh, wouldn't say that um, touch is something I do for everyone, but for people that's appropriate, touch. And you can see how easy it is to be a good lover without adding anything extra to your day. We are already in places where we're talking to people. We can always give a smile. We can always choose words that are kinder rather than harsh or blunt. It's easy. It just takes some practice. Life's challenging. We have lots of obstacles. We need lots of courage and support to get through. And love makes it worthwhile. So give some. Get some. Remember that it's best when it's given away. But unless it's reciprocal, you can dry up like a bean in the desert. So find relationships that are juicy. If you don't have them, be the example and create them. Find people who want to exchange energy and share themselves. You might have to leave. Lots of people don't know about this lover stuff, so be the change. If you have questions or comments, I invite you to email me at laura at pansociety.net. Please keep your questions and feedback coming. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. Hope it was helpful. And if you'd like to donate now to support our show, just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash pansociety. And be sure to subscribe to our channel so that you won't be notified when the next podcast posts. You can do that on iTunes or Twitter. And um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So um, this is Laura See you all next week. Thanks for being here. Bye, guys.